All right, everybody. Welcome back to Stories from a Mountain Town. Uh, this is your host, Tyler. We are here again, as usual, in Jackson, Wyoming. And uh, today with me, I have Ryan Guthrie. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Um, and Ryan is a uh, neighbor now. Yeah. We um, we met super randomly at the Cowboy Bar one night. Um, and then and then when did you move into the to the neighborhood? Uh, I moved here, I guess, late last fall, around late September, October. Yeah, that was a funny. That was a funny time. We were just we were walking the dogs down, <laughs> and it was kind of dark. And your roommate has a dog or something, right? Uh, no. So my brother, uh, he's back at home in law school, but he comes out here and works on all his breaks. So him and his roommate were out here living uh-huh. living in our basement. Oh yeah, and uh, Sick. yeah, they brought their dog. Yeah, so their that dog was meeting our dogs, and then. This guy walks down and he has like long curly hair and I was like, "Is that, is that Ryan?" And then you like introduce yourself and I was like, that, "Ryan Guthrie." Yeah. And we had like seen each other a bunch of times, so we was, didn't really recognize. It each was other like that dark. dark too. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as always, we have some Snickover beer. Yeah. Today we have the Jenny Lake Lager. Love it. Um, Ryan's favorite. Oh yeah. What do you like about this beer? Um. Honestly. Not super hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, just goes down pretty smooth. Uh, yeah. Not not a super light beer, but not a super dark beer. Kind of a good medium brew. Yeah, definitely. I I enjoy all the flavors of beer, but sometimes, especially here, being like, I don't know if it's mountain towns or what it is, but they love their hops so much. And yeah. just, I love a good IPA every once in a while, but too often, and I feel like I'm just drinking dirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Or do, like drinking grass or something. Totally. Um, so having something like this or um, the mon, their monarch. Have you yeah, had that? Is really had good. It's, it's good. like it's just a pilsner, so it kind of has the same flavor of like a Bud Light or something. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Snake River. <laughs> <laughs> but just like super, a lot stronger flavor because it's a microbrew. Yeah. So it's sure. a really that's a super drinkable one also. Mm-hmm. And the hike it or no, not the hike it. The uh, earn it. Earn it. Yeah. yeah the earn it's good. Earn it's got a ton of good reviews, and that's a relatively new one, right? Um, yeah, I think so. Sure. And I, my favorite part about earning it, earn it is just, I said this before on the podcast, I like to order it when I, I've done like a big hike or something that day, mm-hmm. like a big ski, like oh, feeling totally. like I did earn it Like yeah, exactly. for no other reason than just the name <laughs> is that it could have been called anything or sure. just could have been called earn and it. And then, you know, you got to drink Jenny Lake at Jenny Lake. Yeah. Um, Hi Tay. <laughs> Taylor's just heading out to work. She's all decked out in her scrubs. Have fun. <laughs> <clears throat> for sure yeah so um how long have you lived have you lived here in jackson uh, i moved here october 1st 2017 so a little over two years third awesome. winter here sweet um have you loved it loved everything about it oh my it? gosh yeah it's uh i worked a desk job for two years prior to moving here so yeah you said uh, that when we were golfing you were like a financial advisor or something like that uh yeah i worked in finance uh interned with him in college uh a company called northwestern mutual uh, oh yeah, yeah. Everyone so, knows about that. Yeah, right. So uh, interned on their insurance side. Was fortunate enough to do do a pretty good job as an intern. Earned a full time position upon uh, graduation from college. And yep, uh, worked with them for a little while. And uh, my brother actually, he was uh, he just finished undergrad that uh, that May of 2017, mm-hmm. and uh, told me he was going to move out to Jackson prior to going back for law school and 
I was not going to let him come out here alone and have all the fun. Yeah. Had so. you been here uh, just visiting before that? Yeah. So I had visited uh, our buddy River Bryant, visited him once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if he played golf with us that day. He works at the sporting club as well. Um, I think he might have might have said, hey, but it was just yeah. you, you, me, and Alex that played. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, he, uh, he lived here for the winter of, I guess, 2016, 2017. And we, uh, yeah, came and visited over New Year's and loved it and we grew up skiing in park city utah so skiing's always been a big part of our life yeah totally um, so yeah and you grew up in like georgia so, yeah savannah georgia. georgia and then i was yeah. just uh fortunate enough family has a place uh in park city so mm-hmm. yep we grew up skiing there and mav wants to come sit with you hey um you. park city's awesome we went there um it was a really bad winter for them but we went there um january of like 18 or something they're mm-hmm. one of their worst winters ever yeah um no so i was it, actually there in january of 18 too I yeah remember. so the resort was like just i've been i've been coming here for years so i was comparing it to this mm-hmm. and comparing it to this on like powder days and i was like oh this place freaking <laughs> sucks um yeah no i remember the, at that point like the the good terrain wasn't even open yeah like the the base yeah was like less than the hill in Minnesota that I was oh, riding yeah. at, yeah, which was, was a like year for them. Luckily for them, they have a really phenomenal snowmaking operation. So they're yeah. able to stay afloat, but it's, it's like skiing East coast or yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. But the town of park city was really, really awesome. Cause mm-hmm. that just that lift and that run that goes right into town is yeah, so town sick. I don't know if there's sweet. any other place that has I that sort of setup. I don't think there is where it's just kind of like a kind of park downtown and take the lift to the mountain it's yeah cool. yeah it'd be like for anybody who knows like the town of jackson it'd be like if snow king <laughs> had a lift that started in the square yeah in the town square yeah which and, would be insane and then before you know it you're on top of the hill yeah yeah and you can ski right back down to it it's and sweet. and uh we i like i'm a whiskey guy so that high west distillery is right mm-hmm. there so we popped it like you, we skied right to a distillery yeah and it's not like uh Disti- quote unquote distillery that the mountain owns it's like its own thing it's in the down little quote unquote downtown area of park city yeah so yeah that was really fun yeah it's super fun um it's really fortunate to ski there as much as i did growing up yeah so yeah, yeah. awesome um so what made you so you, you said just your brother was going to come out here what was kind of the thought process in this being the place to come um, as opposed to even Park City or any other mountain town, because you you had a connection somewhere for else. For sure, for sure. Um, the terrain in Jackson is a, uh, you know, obviously in the resort of Jackson Hole Mountain Resort, it's uh, I'd say unrivaled in that you can ski four thousand one hundred thirty nine vertical feet and yeah. only take one lift to get there. Yeah, the tram, and that's that's great. And there's a uh, that's unbeatable in oh, the lower yeah. forty eight. No, and it's it's super anywhere, high angle, uh, and you know a lot of rocks to jump off of, and that's. That's what I wanted to do um, initially. And then after spending my first winter here, um, it eventually progressed to to focusing more out of bounds. And that's that's why I think people really moved to Jackson is to explore uh, out of bounds terrain and work on skiing in the backcountry. That's kind of what I've been doing this year too. I got mm-hmm. I got a split board around Christmas. Yeah. So I've been doing that a bunch and just, you know, it's like reinvigorated my love for snowboarding basically because mm-hmm. it's a totally new aspect to it and oh for sure i can Ooh. i can be out with the dogs and be like exploring new places mm-hmm. where even in the resort is amazing but um you do kind of the same runs and the same lifts and stuff so just to explore something new as to, to contrast that has been really fun totally totally and it's uh 
you know, the side country that is accessible by the resort is unparalleled. I think anywhere maybe other than like Brighton has really good side country, but yeah. Um, I, I, I haven't done, I've went out the gates once and it was, um, what day I do that? Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started to do the Cody Peak hike mm-hmm. and realized I didn't, didn't have enough time. So I just kind of did a line and got, got out through Rock Springs. Mm-hmm. But there's like, those are some serious lines. Just if you oh, start yeah. hiking up Cody, I was looking at it For from sure. like the base there and I was like, there's not like an easy out once you start hiking up there. Oh yeah. No, it's, I mean, everything's super high angle up on Cody. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Um, given the conditions, but that's, mm-hmm. that's where you really, really, really got to take into account the conditions. Cause, uh, given that it is such a high angle, it's very prone for avalanche. So yeah. And exposed, like oh, yeah. there's a lot of cliffy, rocky stuff that like sometimes asks for like a mandatory air to get out of these for lines. Sure. For sure. Um, you know, and it's, it's wild too. Uh, I don't know if you've been reading the avalanche report, but it's been, uh, low for like a week now. Um, yeah. Other I, than a couple of days ago, they bumped it up to moderate because Pucker did slide. Oh, um, Pucker, where's that? Pucker face. It's that first, uh, when you're doing the Cody hike, mm-hmm. it's the first kind of little face there, right? So it's got Pucker, no shadows, four shadows, central, and then the powder eight side. Yeah. Is it where like you start to go kind of across the top of the ridge? Yeah. And it's down to the left. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but, that's, uh, that's gnarly. I did, um, me and the dogs on Saturday did Pyramid Peak. Mm-hmm. Have you done that before? No, I haven't. So it's, do you know where it is? Nope. It's you go, it, you park at the Phillips Ridge mm-hmm. parking lot, and then you kind of go in a little bit to pass the, the, the two creeks in there. Mm-hmm. And then you go north a little bit because there's along like the property lines there. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of like this big, kind of an av- avalanche chute, and then you just kind of, uh, ooh, ooh. This beer's extra fizzy. It's making me burp. Um, uh, and you just kind of tour up on this ridge line, and it's um, and this kind of this kind of this ridge that goes up the one side, and you can. It's called Pyramid Peak because, I, or I, at least I think, because um, it kind of looks like, looks like a big triangle, and at the top, there's a big there's a triangle of like open space. Mm-hmm. But we climbed from the valley floor up to like ninety five hundred feet. Yeah. So it was like a three and a half hour um, tour and then you get to the top and it's like you're way the hell up there. It's basically it's basically like walking for anybody who knows the resort from the tram up to the top of sublet. Yeah. Um, with dogs. Yeah. Um, but it was super awesome. That's sweet. That's yeah. Sweet. Um, it's uh, I need to ski the pass more, but in the park more. But uh, yeah, the I mean, park. I've never done I'm, that. Yeah. I need to. I've done. uh it's been a really cool year in that we've been I've been skiing since October nineteenth, I think was my first day on snow. Yeah. Awesome. Um this year. And uh we toured uh Togedy quite a bit, just two oceans. Mm-hmm. And then uh yeah, it's been kind of one one train mine since then. It's just back into the winter. Yeah, I've been I've said it before and I've been telling people I've basically just been riding powder since November because (laughs) like I won't go to the resort unless it's a big day. Mm -hmm. So like 10 inches or so I would go out and go ride pow there. Sure. And then if I go split boarding, like that's pretty much all pow. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I haven't even seen a groomer this year or something. It's just been insane. And that's like why I'm here. Right. That's Um, why we're all here. Yeah. No, you should have seen me. So I was in Japan, Mm -hmm. uh, I think January 8th through the 18th. Um, and yeah, we uh, 
that was a huge storm for Jackson storm cycle that came through. Oh and, yeah. Uh, that was when there's like a bunch of pros, like TGR guys were there yeah. in Japan and they were like, Oh man. Oh yeah. No, it was like, because they were all there for, uh, I guess they had the free ride world tour at Hokkaido. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or Hakuba or whatever, whatever they had it at. Um, so yeah, all those guys were there and then we're in, we're in the Naseko area and it was pretty low tide in Japan at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're skiing groomers in Japan and everybody here is skiing, <laughs> yeah, you know, a foot of powder <laughs> didn't, uh, that stings. Didn't love that. But, uh, yeah, luck, fortunate enough for us, uh, about halfway through our trip, uh, snow turned on and it did not turn off. And I s- skied some of the best lines of my entire life. Yeah. Is um, that, is that whole trip worth it? Like, where did you, where'd you fly into? Yeah. So we flew into Sapporo. Sapporo, um, like the beer. Yep. Like the beer, uh, which is fantastic that's pretty much exclusively what i drank while i was there yeah that's my go <laughs> any sushi restaurant i'm at that's what that's the yeah, only thing i sure. drink there for sure so i'm getting a call from my little brother actually he gets here on saturday oh cool um but yeah we're uh flew into sapporo um just my brother and i uh and we were meeting up with a few guys that we knew from our first season um who have since moved away uh, but there were 13 of us total that had at one point been in Jackson that were all in the Niseko area at the same time. Awesome. So we all <clears throat> ripped around. I think one day we actually went touring with uh, 11 guys. Wow, that's a big squad. It was a huge squad. But uh, fortunate enough for us, and I would I would never do anything like that in Jackson, um, just based on, on <laughs> consequence uh, with a group that size. Yeah. But uh, in in Japan where... Um, where there's relatively no consequence as far as snowpack and everything there. Like I, th- I think in the Abbey p- report it said one day that uh, yeah, you may want to bring a beacon out. And <laughs> obviously we had all of our, yeah. all of our gear, but just the fact that it actually legitimately said that in the Abbey report was pretty funny for us. Was but, that uh, is it just because is it lower angle or uh, it was lower snow at the so time? So they get they get so much snow that it's there's not a whole lot of melt free cycles and oh. um and the it really doesn't provide an opportunity for a weak layer to form uh-huh. so from my understanding uh and then most stuff in japan is pretty low angle we were able to find some uh some pretty or some higher angle lines which we enjoyed mm-hmm. but the entire time i was there i saw observed just while skinning one uh one spot where there was a pocket release but that was the only sign of avalanche or wow i never knew that, that about japan yeah yeah, super stable snowpack. Uh, so, um, did you? What was your balance of like backcountry days versus resort? We spent days? every day in the backcountry. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it was like, you know, we uh, even on that first day where I mentioned we were skiing groomers, um, we just got to a point where it was like, yo, let's just go out of bounds. Yeah. Um, and that's what we did. And snow wasn't great at that point, but um, it gave us an opportunity to experience the out-of-bounds terrain in Japan for the first time and then mm-hmm. uh, and kind of get a knowledge of where to go uh, for when there was a lot of snow or on a rare occasion, low visibility. Um, so, yeah, it gave us a good little grasp for what we were getting into. Um, and then when the snow came, we knew where we wanted to go and knew how we wanted to get there and knew how long it would take us to get there. So, Did you have um, anybody in the group that had been to that area before? No. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> which is kind of wild. Uh, I still remember 
So our last two days touring, we were skiing. I mean, I'm not even joking. It was at our neck. Oh, my God. Uh, it was insane. <laughs> like, one of my buddies, uh, we were with a couple guys that uh, skied at Cornell. Um, so both really, really solid skiers. Mm-hmm. Um, racers. And, and one was still kind of – he skis a lot like a racer. And the other one um, was friends with me here in Jackson my first season. Um, and he's – just an avid backcountry guy loves to ski powder. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, those guys were supposed to fly out that morning and we got, I think it was like 20 inches overnight. God, that's and, insane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He said they both <laughs> missed their flights intentionally and came yeah. skiing the next yeah. day and just flew, flew standby on the way home. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. I've had that here a couple of times when it's like, it's going to be like going back to college or something. I'm like, yeah. and hopefully this snows and I just get locked in here. Yeah, right. You're just kind of praying that that your flight gets canceled. But yeah, yeah. for them, they uh, flight didn't get canceled. They just missed it. They didn't <laughs> want to miss out on the good snow. And I think, from my understanding, it was very worth it for them. Yeah. So. What's the um, do the locals in those areas in Japan like? Do they get out in the backcountry like as much as the locals maybe like here do? Is it like? A big part of the culture there? So, most of it, in that area, uh, in the Niseko area, it's not a ton of locals that you see skiing, right? It's it's a lot of seasonal employees mm-hmm. um, on visas, a lot of, of Kiwis and Australians. Oh. Um, and then, uh, there are some Japanese that, um, that ski out there. And when we were skiing in Awanapuri, which is, my brother and I were staying at the peak of the the backcountry access from the resort and we kind of looked out over and we were like, that looks really cool to ski. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we ended up doing that, um, for our last two days, which was really cool. But, um, that had a lot more, um, Japanese influence of, of touring. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas most of the visitors never even thought to ski over there yeah. or the seasonal employees never thought to ski over there. We were, we were just fortunate to see it one day. Yeah. Um, I but, wonder if like your, um, your frame of mind, like living here and like, you can just like go ski, whatever you can see. Oh, I, de- I definitely think that played a f- right? huge factor. I mean, where most people are like looking like, for instance, there, there are gates just like there are here. Yeah. Uh, there are gates at the Niseko Harafi resort where, um, you, that you exit and then, mm-hmm. then, you know, just ski right, right there. It's, it's almost similar to like a rock spring slot. Yeah. Um, and most people just say, okay, we're going to go here. And a lot of people go out. They don't have beacons, uh, shovel probe, yeah. uh, nothing. They've, they've just got themselves, which is kind of gnarly thinking about it. Like that <coughs> would, you see people in Rock Springs all the time doing that, but yeah, I would never, I would never go out of bounds without the appropriate gear. Um, I certainly have before I knew, like, before I knew anything about that, uh-huh. just like, oh, I'll just like go out of the gates real quick because that's mm. cool. Yeah. But like now I, bring my beacon and everything no matter what i'm doing pretty much oh totally because it's just like not worth it and i know like the one time i don't bring it will be the time that i need it oh 100 percent. and especially if i do i do it alone a lot with just the dogs because it's just like an afternoon or mm-hmm. like taylor works is working the nights so she's sleeping during the day or something sure. like that so just go ski some like low angle stuff yeah like phillips ridge or just yeah. like edelweiss or something like mm-hmm. i do it alone so often that it's just like it is not worth it for me to get caught in something and you have only the dogs with me. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. You got to ski some pretty low consequence stuff there. Yeah. So, but yeah, we, um, 
don't know. Japan was a great trip. I've yeah. Got, I've got some really cool pictures and videos from that. Yeah. I love how um, it seems like so much of the terrain is just these like um, these like certain special kind of trees there with like branches that aren't that are like really high up and they mm-hmm. like make these big pillow lo- pillow things everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like it seems like that's everywhere there. It's uh, dude, honestly, it was so low tide while we were there um, just for that time of the year. Um, not a ton of snow. Um, until the end of our trip, then we got a lot of snow, but still just the overall base was really low. Mm. Um, we were like bushwhacking bamboo a lot of the time, oh, man. <laughs> which was kind of hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so. bamboo, you make, you make ski poles out of bamboo. Like, oh, that's yeah. like hard shit. No, it was like, it was like really tiny, but I mean, still it was, it was kind of gnarly skiing through a bunch of bamboo, especially like in a lot of it was, uh, like little Creek beds that you're skiing out of or whatever. Oh yeah. That, there's just a lot of vegetation there. So what's the elevation like at like the higher, some of the higher peaks that you got to? Um, cause it's basically, it's low. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely low. Like uh, there were, we were skiing, um, a few spots that you, you could actually see the ocean when you're skiing. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, I can't imagine it's more than 1500, 2000 feet. Yeah. Um, that's low. Does the snow get like wet? And like no, it's, it's so it's all um, it's all based on cold fronts moving through Serbia, uh-huh. that that kind of roll into Japan, oh. and uh, that's where the good snow comes from. It was the lightest snow I've ever skied in my life, even lighter than like here, like no, Montana or something. Not even, not even in comparison. It was the lightest wow. snow I've ever skied in my life. I'd always thought that it's like wetter because it comes off the oceans. Basically, yeah, no, I I well, so it's not coming off the ocean. It's yeah. coming off of uh, Asia. Yeah, and, yeah. So, um, but. Yeah, it's uh, it was crazy. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I I didn't anticipate it being that light, but it was. I remember my brother. Uh, we were skiing a shoot um, in Iwanapori, and he kind of stopped in the middle of it, um, just to kind of get his bearings, because uh, he couldn't see. The <laughs> snow was so deep. Yeah, and he he started sinking, <laughs> and like was like, oh god, I gotta start moving again. It's like quicksand. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, that that's was pretty awesome. funny. That was a good story. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your, uh, what's your touring setup like these days? Yeah. So, um, at this moment I, uh, ski at Black Crow Anima, Sick. uh, which is, it's a 188.4 centimeters long, 115 millimeters underfoot. Um, I've got a shift binding on there. Nice. So. Have you had any issues with the brakes on those? Um, I wouldn't, honestly, from what I hear, a lot more people have issues than I do. Yeah, as I ask, because <laughs> yeah. two of my buddies that have them, um, one of, one, Noah, I don't know if you met him, mm-hmm. he lost a ski, brand new ski that he got this year in the Hobax this year. Really? With, with um, mm-hmm. shifts. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Jeff ha- has been having to like strap his toe in mm-hmm. when he's touring because it, the locking mechanism won't fully lock to tour. Yeah, no, so uh, one thing I found out, and I found this out, um, so I got the shift binding in March of last year, Uh um, and then toured with it a few times, uh, not a ton, and then when we were at Two Oceans up in Togedy, uh, we were on the skin up, and I came out of my ski, like, had to have been like four or five times on the skin up, and I was like, what the heck is going on? Um, And I eventually figured out that it's got two clicks. Yeah. So you click once and it kind of puts it there uh-huh. and you make sure it's good. And then you 
really have to yank it to get it up to the second one, and then okay. you're not coming out. Yeah. Um. So it that maybe what was going on with him, but uh, yeah, something like that. I mean, it it took me a good pull to uh-huh. understand like how much pressure you need to to put on that lever to to get it to fully lock. Yeah, that um, whole <clears throat> the whole touring, all the touring gear is just like totally mostly just the bindings, I guess, and the boots. They're mm-hmm. it's like totally different than any other type of skiing. Yeah. Like all the mechanisms and like all the little flips and levers you have to do to like move uh, to transition and stuff. You definitely have to know your uh, know your gear when you're out there because yeah. if, if if you're in unfamiliar gear uh, in the backcountry and, and something does happen, you're you can get stuck, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, yeah. So. Taylor, um, so Taylor's a skier and mm-hmm. she's rented a few times now from Wilson Backcountry just to like see what kind of setup she wants to do and if she like it just likes it. Yeah. Um, so that was like, I had to learn like all the skiing stuff because it's like, <laughs> it was her first time. So like if something happened, like someone had to know what, the, what was going on. So yeah. that's, that, that's just how I had to figure out how, how to do all that stuff. Oh, totally. I always carry like, whenever I'm out of bounds, I'll have one of those like kind of multi-purpose tools with, yeah. you know, screwdriver, knives, uh, pliers, whatever. And then I always have a ton of zip ties. Oh yeah. Uh, cause you can fix anything with a zip tie or duct tape. So. Yeah, and I keep I keep like a, a Leatherman pliers thing in my backpack at all times just for that so yeah. same reason just like you could need like a screwdriver randomly or mm-hmm. could need uh, to yeah, you cut could. something. Yeah, um, it you never know. So. Yeah, uh, my dad always used to say, uh, "Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it." So definitely, yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, all right, so we we kind of diverted there. Um, so you get out to Jackson mm-hmm. in. 2017 2017 and um, um what uh what kind of job did you get when you got out here yeah so uh two days after i moved here i got a job at a uh, hayden's post uh the restaurant inside snow king i was just serving uh-huh. um as many do when they move to jackson yeah that's right? like s- just... even people with like you clearly having financial skills and <laughs> smart the smart brain yeah a lot of people just like pick up any job just to get here and then they kind of work their way into whatever they industries work their they way want into to whatever yeah niche they want to end up being in yeah um yeah no that was like my main concern was getting some sort of income right mm-hmm. when i got here um very fortunate enough a guy uh, chance young he knew uh river our buddy river mm-hmm. uh that i moved out here with he so he lived out here and then he moved back home and lived with us for a summer in Savannah. And then we both, uh, moved out here joined by my brother and, uh, our other buddy, Joseph Ireland. Um, but yeah, River and I got here, needed a job. Chance told us like, yeah, I can get you a job at snow King. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like busting tables there or something. So, um, yeah, walked up on the patio and, uh, said I was interested in serving and they, they said, you're hired. <laughs> they That's didn't awesome. really even look into it. So, uh, ended up working there for, uh, total like two years, um, off and on, um, which was good. Good. Enjoyed it. Uh, left in December of this year. Uh, yeah. And that's where you met Andrea, right? Yeah. Yeah. I met Andrea, uh, through Snow King. Yeah. And then everyone's favorite Romanian. Andrea. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is she, is she engaged now? She's engaged now. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah, Andrea. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to this, but congrats. Congrats, Andrea. <laughs> Best of luck. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we met. We, um, Taylor and Andrea randomly met one night at the bar and then we would always see her out and then we're hanging with her and then met you and that's how it all came together. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a destiny. It's been fun. It's been fun. I've enjoyed getting to know you guys. Yeah. And the craziest thing when we met, uh, 
Alex Merolt, my best, he's my best friend, business partner, all that, mm-hmm. um, was out here. The only time he's ever been out here. And he came out to like do some golfing and stuff. He's a really big golfer. I'm a pretty big golfer. And you're just like, do you guys golf at all? And we're like, frick, yeah, we do. <laughs> and you said you worked at the sporting club. And you're just like, yeah, we could, I could get you out there, I think, on Monday. And we're like, holy shit, that would be insane. Yeah. yeah. And Alex didn't even know like the gravity of what that meant. But yeah. I'd been to the sporting club before. So I was like, holy shit, Alex, whatever we need to do to get out there, we're doing it. <laughs> Whatever the girls need to say, we need to hear to get us out there. We're doing it. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, I don't know if we can leave the girls for that long and just do that <laughs> on our own. I'm like, no, we're doing this. Yeah. No, you got to get out there and play. It's a fantastic course. Yeah. When did you start working there? Uh, my first summer here. So summer of 2018. Yeah. Um, you kind of do a, you kind of have a jack of all trades for them. You kind of like. Yeah. So I uh, started out in their golf operations. Um, worked that my first summer there. Uh, then, yeah, we. Uh, did that um went into the next winter taught skiing like i always do um going the next summer i'm so busy i took a supervisory role at hayden's uh so i was kind of managing the restaurant at night um didn't have much time for the sporting club so i just did what i could do for them in their outdoor pursuits program Mm -hmm. uh, which was honestly a little better fit for me personally like i love to golf but uh, i really love to like do the outdoor kind of stuff, uh, yeah. which is like archery, shooting, uh, rafting, fishing, all that stuff. And that's all so. just like when the members want to do those activities, you can kind of help totally. them and figure it out. Or totally. And then I helped them. out uh, with their sports camps that summer. Uh, so for kids too, mm-hmm. um, which is really good. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. And um, yeah, this summer I'll be with that outdoor pursuits program full time. So yeah, uh, that's going to be my only job this summer, which I'm stoked about. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. For those that don't know the Snake River Sporting Club, it's uh, it's kind of like your all-inclusive uh, country club, or I guess that'd be the best way to describe it, with really yeah. nice golf course, restaurant, food, like you just said, the activities, mm-hmm. um, houses on the property, around the property, Yep. Um, and soon there'll be hot springs, right? Is that owned yeah, by the Yeah, they've got the club? Astoria hot springs, uh, like everybody all the locals know you, you go to the Astoria hot springs and yeah, uh, those are just super natural hot springs, but they're actually building a, uh, like a human influenced hot spring there. Yeah. It's like a, like a cement pool where they yeah. let the water rush in and yeah, you but can the, sit there. The water's heated by a natural yeah. hot spring. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. The natural water comes out of the ground, just r- comes into this pool, mm-hmm. which I think they would do. Do they like, would they like, refill it's going it like to be really similar. It's going to be really similar to the granite hot springs. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of a flow into it. Uh, and out of it but uh yeah should be should be cool from what i can tell yeah taylor and i've been trying to get out to the the natural hot springs this winter we haven't made it out mm-hmm. yet um because it's super accessible like you can just park right there by that landing Astoria yeah landing, yeah and yeah. Then just, just walk down right at the uh entrance to the astoria boat ramp uh and then yeah you walk down and there's like four or five natural hot springs there yeah. i was actually there last week yeah we got to get down there oh yeah it's a it's a sweet time you just smell like sulfur after yeah <laughs> awesome yeah. Um, so yeah, we, so uh, like we said, we went and golfed at the sporting club with, with Ryan and, um, the sporting club is, it's the hardest and the nicest course I've ever played. Sure. Um, because it's like super fancy grass and everything, everyone's really nice and whatever. It's all super nice and fancy, but it's in the Snake River Canyon. So it's mm-hmm. not a very big area. No, it's pretty tight. So course. the wind is always whipping around in every d- different yeah. direction, different holes every 
every five seconds. Oh yeah. So the front nine is just, it's a super tight front nine. And then the back nine is a little more open, but it's a lot more influenced by the wind. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, it's a tough course. It's a, I don't know the exact statistics on this, but it's, I know it's been rated the number one golf course in Wyoming, uh, by golfers digest a few times, a whole Um, bunch of times. Yeah. 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 And it's a Tom Weisskopf design course. So yeah. Um, and I think I think the hardest part. So it's very firm, and they like they dry it out in the summer. Mm-hmm. And the the fairways are, are I think a normal width, but then it's the rough that's like yeah. So you got like the fairways, and then the rough. Um, the rough is like f- fifteen yards wide. Yeah, and well, yeah, the rough's like fifteen yards wide, and then you have fescue. Yeah, and the fescue. If you hit a ball in the fescue, it's gone. Yeah, you I don't. Could, even, when I'm caddying, I, I'm just like yeah. You can go ahead and forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We you, we had plenty of I've had plenty of balls there where it lands in the fairway and then like one hops and it hits the fescue and it's gone. So you're yeah. like, Oh, it's a decent shot and then it's gone. And, and then it's gone. Ball. Yeah. You're like, Man, I really cranked that one for nothing. Yeah. Basically <laughs> just bring your range balls out to the real course. Yeah, right. So you're not losing <laughs> all your your real balls. Totally. So we have a few members that we have to get on to about uh Snake and range balls and use them on the course. <laughs> oh, you don't. The, the course doesn't like that. Nah, nah. That's uh pretty frowned upon. But I've I've always wondered. I mean, since I went there, so I mean, it's a very fancy club. So big, you know, cost to cost to get in the club. How it's actually you... really affordable for people. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they're like junior membership for. Um, I think it's people like under fifty. Mm-hmm. It's like super affordable. Really? Yeah. Like comparable to like the other ones around here. Oh my gosh! Like night and day. It's because of its proximity to town. I oh assume. yeah. But uh, yeah. No, it's great. We've got a great foundation for young members at the club that are gonna stick with it for a long time. I haven't even looked at that. I should look, take a look at that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, but I always wonder, like, how do the members do in the course? Like, cause it's a super hard course. <laughs> and like, if you're, it's if it's a vacation home, like you're not playing it every day. Yeah. Um, if you're someone that works so hard that you have the money to do that sort of thing you're working more than you're golfing so yeah. you're probably not like the best golfer in the world so like how do the members do out there oh man it depends it's a it's a pretty varied uh varied uh skill level for members there's some that are really good like you got guys like uh like ryan allen's a really solid golfer um he was assistant professional at three creek i believe uh, and then he's just a member out there he's a teacher in town um and uh yeah he's a really really solid golfer um but then you you got some other members that pretty much tell me that they're gonna throw away their golf clubs at the end of every round they play <laughs> so it's pretty funny yeah man that's an awesome place mm-hmm. yeah i really like working there and then uh yeah, it's six miles private on the Snake River. So, uh, fortunate enough, we get to we get to fish it. And um, I bought the boat last summer. So, is that uh, your boat in the driveway? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's sweet. Yeah. So I've, I've fished most every day in the summer, and then I ski most every day in the winter. I yeah. You think I've dream. got. Uh, it's my dream. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. poor every day doing this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I've got like 115 days on snow this season so far. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. They say, is, don't they say like 90 to 100 is like when you know you're really getting after it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, this will be my, I'm on track for my third consecutive season of 150 plus days on snow. Man. Yeah. Which there's only like a hundred and I think like 20 something at the resort. Yeah. Um, but there's 
just including other resorts and, and backcountry skiing. I'm at about 115 right now. Yeah, let's see what I'm at. Because the app, the new Jackson Hole app, tracks how many it days does. you've been there, which is really cool. And then tracks your tram rides. I actually looked at it today. It was uh... So I'm at 24 days at the resort. And then I probably have a good another 24, 25 days in the backcountry, too. Yeah, so how many? 24 days at the resort? Yeah. Yeah, I'm at, let me check it out, 86 at the resort. You you um, worked there, though, right? Yeah, I work there. I, I teach skiing there. Yeah. Uh, which I'm fortunate enough to where um, I've paid my dues and gotten a lot of certs where when I'm teaching skiing, I'm actually getting the ski now. I'm not just, like, stuck on the carpet. I'm ripping some fun stuff. Yeah, you when uh, I, I keep I run into you on like Thunder Thunderlift with a bunch of like five year olds. Yeah, I've skied some sweet stuff with some yeah, pretty small kids this year. Yeah, did and you? Then, uh, um, did you have to do like any sort of uh, um, assessment when you wanted to become an instructor? Was it like? So I was you know, lucky enough. I got a recommendation from um, my ski coach growing up. Uh, he was my grandpa's best friend, um, or is my grandpa's best friend, and uh. I grew up skiing with him every day. I was skiing in Utah uh, when we were, you know, at our house there. And uh, he skied in two Olympics and coached one uh, oh. and was the most. That's awesome. He was, from what I hear from uh, my grandpa, the most requested instructor in the country for a while. And there's um, like a, an association of ski instructors or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's that uh, PSIA, Professional Ski Instructors. Oh, America. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so you got a stamp of approval from that. Yeah, yeah. He, he gave me a pretty high recommendation. That's so awesome. uh, I was fortunate enough. I didn't have to try out. Uh, cause most people have to try out to instruct at the village. And then, uh, yeah, my first two seasons, I got, uh, quite a lot of certs. Uh, I got my PSI level one and two. Um, and then I'm going for the three this year. So, which is, uh, aside from examiner, um, status, that's the highest you can get as a ski instructor. Well, that's so, awesome, dude. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> is it, um, does it ever get frustrating? Like having to be with little kids, like, no, All I love day? skiing with kids. You do? Uh, yeah, I much prefer skiing with kids over uh, adults. Oh, yeah. Because um, they're just like, they're just ready to go, ready to send it. They're not worried about like getting hurt. Totally. If you uh, if you develop trust with them, uh, they'll trust you. But at the same time, they're going to trust you. So it's it's very important not to overtrain them. Oh, yeah. Uh, because if you do, they're not, they're not going to second guess it. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, just uh, establishing that trust with the kids uh, and then uh doing your best to progress their skiing that's the way to do it but fun's the most important part i've been i've been pretty lucky i've got um you know everywhere from uh five to seven year olds or five to nine year olds local kids i ski with every weekend and uh every single one of those kids are skiing double blacks at jackson which is that's gnarly. insane there's yeah. a whole lot of adults that don't do that oh yeah no it's it's sweet you hear that everyone that doesn't ski double blacks. Ryan, my brother, he would not do a double black. Well, no, he's done one. We did a family. Um, we got a guide one day on a powder day. And we did like uh, not um, what's the one like to the lookers left of sublet, the shoots up there. The alta shoots. Alta shoots. We did. Yeah, yeah we did one of the alta like shoots. Alta like alta one. Yeah, yeah, as a family cool. on a powder day. So that's the only nice. double black he's ever done. But Ryan, five year olds, seven year olds, nine year olds. Mm -hmm. they're shredding way harder than you <laughs> grow up it's uh yeah it's pretty rad you have to with the with the five and six year olds you have to get permission before going into that uh -huh. uh, i found that out the hard way my first season <laughs> i got permission from all their parents they were in full support but uh i forgot to get permission from the supervisors and oh that's funny yeah they found out about that but uh since then uh whenever i want to take kids and uh 
that are of high ability, uh, but are young, uh, I have to get it pre-approved. So, yeah. but I've been pretty fortunate where I've gotten to teach a lot of those kids. So, so you have, so you said that you have the main, like a main group of kids on the weekends, but mm-hmm. then during the week, is it like, uh, more random? It depends. So, uh, everybody's got a product zone. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, it's pioneers, which are like three and four year olds, uh, rough riders, five to seven year olds this year. And then, uh, explorers, which is eight to 14, I believe. And then after that it's adults. And then there's a whole nother, there's like multiple divisions of adults, like max threes and max fives and, um, steep and deep camps. And then there's private lessons. Uh, so, uh, I'm fortunate enough to wear tomorrow tomorrow's my last day on lineup and then i'm exclusively private lessons for the rest of the winter so so those are just people that are coming here and they pre-scheduled something and they're a like, lot of them are and they're like put I'll, ryan on it yeah a lot of them are uh which uh it's to my advantage yeah uh, fiscally to to book it myself and uh-huh. kind of take care of them um but uh some of them i'm assigned so okay uh just depends awesome. but yeah it's uh it's pretty sweet um We've got a lot of in- great instructors at the village, so it's cool to be a part of that. Yeah, and you could just you could ski every day, and from what I hear, like you make good money doing it full time, right? You do. Yeah, you do. So uh, Jackson's of- got the best, in my opinion, in the ski industry, the best uh, compensation for ski instructors. Yeah, I think that's I think that's part of, um, you know, for the longest time and probably still, the resort is uh, it probably it might scare some people away because it's seen as so steep and gnarly and big Mm -hmm. but i think they've recently tried to put more effort into showing that there is beginner and intermediate terrain sure because there's just frankly there's way more of those to bring in money to the resort than there are the extreme skiers totally so like with the um what's the new the new big building there at the the middle solitude yeah solitude station like that's an enormous building they put just for like lessons Kid totally. station so, rentals, yeah, the, all uh, the beginner type people. That's the explorer and adult lessons uh, kind of hub. That's yeah. where you meet when you start your lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ages eight and above, uh, you meet there, and it's great facility. Uh, really good investment, in my opinion, on on Jackson Mountain Resorts part. Uh, yeah, definitely. And then just like making uh, the Sweetwater lift into a gondola to bring them to mm-hmm. bring those intermediate skiers to a higher spot where you have better views some more terrain to get to, but it's still intermediate skiing in the Casper area and that totally. can get, bring them to the upper view, upper area yeah. and all that stuff. It's kind actually, of the center for the mountain. If you think about it. Um, yeah. You know, whether you're a beginner skier, advanced skier, um, everything kind of starts at the base, obviously. But, uh, I mean, right there, you can right off the bat access anything you want to access. So, yeah, they're they're in the top of the Bridger Gondola too. Like those are the kind of the main centers. I mean, I don't totally. go. Um, I go much more if I'm going to go in to get food or a beer or something at the Casper than I do any of the other um, spots yeah, to get stuff. Yeah, spots. Yeah, uh, Casper's Casper gets pretty busy. Um, it does. Yeah, there have been a few times this year where I've been walking around with a class in Casper for like a half an hour trying uh, to find a seat. It's yeah, that's kind of nuts. But um, yeah, it's a cool spot to hang out. Definitely, in the spring coming up casper beach yeah i saw that on a hat is that yeah. just because it gets so sunny out there people just get chill sunny out there people just hang out right there in front of casper yeah beer. yeah that's Sweet. awesome I'm, I'm super psyched for um so i have my split board and then taylor just got on the demo 
list for listen back country sports mm-hmm. so they sell their demos for like half of retail half off retail nice. and if you get on a list for a certain model like they'll call you up at the end of the march and be like hey taylor you want the ski you're on the list and she'll be like yeah yeah um so she gets what ski is she looking at uh volley v8 something like like a 110 underfoot cool she this she tried like three different volets when she rented yeah. and she liked this one the best um, and it comes with like a, like a G3 pin binding, something nice. like that. Some nice, like a really nice binding. The sure. one that the, the owner at Wilson Back Country uses himself. Um, yeah. but yeah, so if anybody's looking for some new <laughs> touring skis, like hit up Wilson Back Country, maybe just anything. Like if you, do you ever go to Wilson Back Country sports? Yeah. And no, I've got, uh, I bought like all of my Abbey gear from them. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. There's this cute little shop connected to Pearl Street Bagels. Pearl Street Bagels. Yeah. So I don't know how they're not just always eating bagels when they're working there. I would, oh I would be off. I'd be so I fat. I order like the same bagel every time I go to Pearl Street Bagel. It's, uh, yeah, same. Cinnamon raisin with mountain jam, baby. Oh yeah, I do. Um, just a plain bagel with like their mountain, mountain berry cream yeah, the mountain cheese. Mountain berry cream cheese. Oh yeah. Yeah, I said mountain jam. That's a beer at Roadhouse, but. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I meant mountain berry. Yeah, they like make their own, um, make their own bagels, make their own cream cheese. Super cool company. Mm-hmm. But Wilson Backcountry, there, I got my bike from there. Um, and then, like, I happened to just go in there, and Andy, the owner, was the one helping me out. And he's just been so awesome. Just like, I'll go in there, just like ask questions about the backcountry, ask questions about bikes. Um, on my neighbor right up here, Greg, he works there. He's a, like, works in the bike shop part. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just brought it in there one day when it wasn't really working right. And he's like, oh, I'll just like fix it up real quick. Yeah. They're just like so awesome. Like, just a little bit of just, actually trying to help me out rather than like sell me something has now made me buy way me and my family and friends spend way more money there than I ever would have. Oh yeah. It's, and that's like what's so great about Jackson too is like, yeah, literally people helping people here. Mm -hmm. Um, everybody kind of has everybody's back. There's not a whole lot of, uh, a lot of rude people, uh, in Jackson. Everybody kind of looks out for one another. Yeah. Um, And, and well, actually it's, once they figure out you're actually a local, then they do. Sure, sure. If they're not sure if you're a local or not, then they're not. They don't really do it as much. Which I, I'm so hesitant to even, like, use the local word. <laughs> I'm like, in my opinion, it's like, yeah, I got to be here 20 years before I'm a local. There's yeah, just so it, much attrition in Jackson. Well, I found, like, people, if, if literally if you want to live here for, like, a, more than, like, a year and a half, they'd be like, okay, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, literally, when I moved, we moved in here, I was outside doing something. Someone walked by, and they're like, Hey, you just move in? I'm like, yep, meet my girlfriend and my dogs just moved in here. And they're like, you're going to be here a while? I'm like, I freaking hope so. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You can figure out a way to make it work financially. You can stay here as long as you want. I mean, why would you leave? I know, yeah. Right. I mean, people, we've talked about this in plenty of podcasts. Like, this is the boomerang, the boomerang effect of, you know, you get it caught up in the idea that like, oh, man, I'm paying so much for rent or it's really expensive to live here and all that stuff. Yep. And then you leave to go to maybe Denver or Salt Lake or something, but then you come right back because you're in neither of those places are you 20 minutes from the most amazing resort in the world, amazing yeah. backcountry, amazing mountain biking, amazing fishing, amazing national park. Totally. Beautiful scenery. Uh, yeah. I don't know of many places where, you know, if you're just looking to get away, if you're, you know, for me, very rarely frustrated with life, Yeah, you can just drive for 15 minutes and you have no service. Yeah, yeah. Just be alone for a little mm-hmm. while. Uh, I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and my go out, about Jackson. Yeah, and I, I love when I go out, um, like kind of up in the past, when you get towards like the south, the south side towards like Black Canyon. You can go out there 
and have a 360 with no th- nothing that's a human, nothing oh, yeah. that's human made around you. Oh, it's at crazy. all. And it's like, wow, this is like this. This is this looks the same aside from like a few signs from the bike trails or the mm-hmm. sk- or the ski tracks. This has looked the same for like millions of years. Yeah. Right. No, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like society today is so influenced by technology and mm. and we're we're so dependent on it uh jackson i feel like throws it back um yeah. where there are so many scenarios where um you know you're in the park or you're in the grovance or whatever it may be um and yeah you've got you've got to rely on your knowledge of the situation that you're in or whatever you can't you can't google it you don't have service so uh i think that's really really cool and i think it's um, great for people to to have to rely on themselves as opposed to how most people are today. So yeah, I I totally agree. Even even here, like we don't have cell service in at our house. We just have Wi Fi. Terrible that works. cell service at yeah. my house. Like which is, I live like a hundred yards that way. Yeah, yeah. which is just like uh, a couple times our power has like gone out up here, and so the Wi Fi yeah. goes out. So I'm just like forget like how do you live without like cell service? You gotta like kind of uh, you gotta reboot get like what like you I, do. I don't know if you've seen our backyard lately. We, uh, which, sorry, town of Jackson, this is pretty frowned upon. <laughs> Maybe even illegal. I don't know, but um, we built a pretty big booter in the backyard. <laughs> I saw your videos of that. Yeah, yeah. So we were throwing backflips in the backyard. Uh, yeah, which is great. Like you know, drink a couple of beers and hug backies in the backyard. Yeah, I'm doing that. If you can fun. see out the window here. I'm yeah. building a mound here on our deck. And then, because we have a little bit of a decline here down to the down the lot, I'm trying to make yeah. a little snake run and put some jumps or something in, and yeah, just like totally. have a little day here out in the spring. Totally. But um, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, saddle butte's definitely you're not supposed to ski it, and uh, we don't ski it. We've got like a jump in our backyard. Yeah. But uh, I've seen some lines up here lately. I don't know if you noticed. Dude, that. I have too. <laughs> I, I was in Orlando last week, and I came back, and I saw these lines. And I was like. Who was doing this? Yeah, no, they're like I, coming from there like a construction me? site. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I, th- I think some of them are. Um, have you met the? Um, I they're either like Austrian or New Z- like Australian. There's a couple that have a house up in the hill. They do have a Tesla and a. Um, they have two I haven't kids. met very many people. Yeah, but they you, have two little kids. That's that super are s- great for you. You get to walk the dogs and meet everybody. I'm like, yeah, I feel like people look at me and they're like, "What the hell is this guy doing up here on the beard?" Uh, and they're like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm living here for free. I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. That's one of the things that at first I got a lot of looks like that. Mm. Um, and Taylor did too, like asking like if we knew this was a private like neighborhood and. Oh yeah. There's a huge sign when you're driving up that says like private property, $750 fine. Like, yeah, I belong. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And if we were getting these looks, I'm like, motherfucker, like I pay. (laughs) I pay as much, well, not pay as much as that, but I pay a lot to live here. Like, maybe just be a little bit welcoming. Totally. And then it was actually like when the fire happened up here where we were yeah, hanging so out. Yeah, so you with, were living up here during yeah. that. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that was like right before we moved in. Yeah. It was, <laughs> you're were, you were, you were just sitting there watching like, oh shit, maybe not, we might not have a house, well, boys. Well, it was, it was crazy. I was like, so uh, that day I had a friend in town and uh, my roommate Finn and um, my friend Hannah who was visiting, we decided to hike uh, Josie's. Oh, cool. So we start the Josie's hike and we see like smoke. Yeah. And we're like, oh, wow, that's a, that's crazy. Is that a fire? And then yeah. we and that's like right get, get adjacent up to the to top it. of yeah. Josie's Ridge and this, the whole butte is like going up. Yeah. 
And we're just like, oh, crap. We're supposed to move in there next week. Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, I know. It was, it was wild. Uh, I know the guy. So we're living in a house of uh, my roommate's uh, mom's friend. Uh, he bought the house and mm-hmm. doesn't love the architecture. So he's going to tear it down and rebuild. Um, so, yeah, I think he was kind of hoping that uh, – fire would make its way over to that house and kind of destroy it and he would save some money yeah <laughs> but, wow that'd be that would that'd be wild that would have been good for him but then yeah. i would have had a place to live this winter so yeah that fire was nuts um we were over at whole grocer we don't go there very often we're not that we're not that kind of people um, <laughs> we were just there randomly and oh it's because my truck was getting fixed at that something next to it the yeah um so we walk out of there we see same thing you did a big pile of smoke and flames going up that side of the butte and we're like taylor's like where is that i'm like our butte and like <laughs> oh shit so run over and get the truck and obviously like the front desk lady is there is taking her sweet time yeah it's and like, i'm like hey, okay, i gotta fucking go down. here like, yeah. i got somewhere to be um so we started to drive over broadway's close so we're like okay maybe we'll go the back road yeah that wasn't gonna happen and the dogs were here the dogs were yeah. in, at the house here so we're like, shit. And we're talking to our neighbor, Don Allen, who um, they own Still West, Don Allen and Cheney. Word. And we're talking to him because he can see it from the the restaurant there. They were standing yeah. on the deck. And he was like, dude, I don't know. This is fucking bad. So we're like, oh, shit. We got to go. We So I ripped around and went up the Amagani, went up the Amagani Road, mm-hmm. got from basically Albertsons to there in like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> ripping. Um and like right up here on the road here where it curved, we just stopped right there and ran across the the yards here. And that's where we met um, Brad Boner, if you listen to his episode. Yeah. He's a head of visuals at the News and Guide. Oh, nice. So he was like taking pictures of the stuff. Yeah. He's like, hey, do you guys, are you guys okay? And we're like, no, we're getting evacuated. Can you help us? <laughs> Can you help carry shit? So he just comes over here and is like helping us carry stuff out of the house. And we're like, yeah. like oh, God, valuable. So I'm like, computers, camera gear, um, I dogs. happened to like close, yeah, yeah, dogs and the dogs they didn't know what was going on. They were like thought we were playing, running around yeah. and stuff. And <laughs> so we like got all of our stuff and got some food and or actually we had a uh we had a bunch of groceries because we just were at whole grocery, but um Tay was able to drive her car out the main road and then I got all my stuff and brought it back to the truck. And then we both met back at Still West and just like watched the fire go across the side of the butte there closest yeah. to downtown. That's wild. And kind of just like a bunch of the neighbors were there, like sitting on the back. There's like a back apartment yeah. area of Still West, like with a little porch. Yeah. So we're sitting there just watching it happen. And we're all just like, "Are we just watching our neighborhood go up in flames?" That's wild. Because yeah, because it was going so fast with this. It's just grass there. Yeah, no, it's um, balloons, man. Yeah, and then like the the pine trees would hit and they'd just explode. Yeah. And yeah, that whole thing was insane. Well, it was pretty gnarly when they were dropping uh, they had the planes rolling and dropping that red. I guess fire retardant down like yeah it's like it's like syrupy yeah so it's like yeah that was covering like the road and some of the houses for like a while after yeah that was uh that was pretty crazy yeah it's fun to watch and then and then you moved in next the next and then week i moved in like the next week and yeah but they cool. say but they say that kind of fire is like good like that that'll prevent another fire in that area for like for like 10 years they say yeah because now there's no fuel oh totally yeah yeah it's great and then for morel mushrooms it's good yeah, or do you think we'll have there'll be any there? I hope so. I do. What's the thing with morels? Like, so they like thrive in areas that have previously burned. Yeah. Um, I don't. From my understanding, they like to be next to cottonwood trees. Uh-huh. So, um, 
preferably cottonwood trees that were previously around a fire. Um, so, but it's not exclusive to that. Um, I don't know about the trees here. Like if there's going to be a habitat suitable for mural mushrooms, but kind of sounds like it will. So I'm, I'm definitely going to come up here and look around. Yeah. 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 The morels are such a weird thing. Like we just, we can't figure out how to grow them like I've, on their own. I've never really looked to grow them. I mean, um, I don't mean like personally, like yeah. we as humans can't figure out how to like mass produce them. Well, I know, I know that it's, it's, um, so through the sporting club we do, um, like hikes and field trips and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Last year we, um, as a resort of the Roosevelt fire down in Alpine. Yeah. Or, uh, I guess, what is that town? Hoback? Um, no, it's like east of Hoback. Um, I can't think of the name of the town, but, uh, there was the Roosevelt fire was there and, uh, yeah, we, uh, rolled in and found me and the group of kids found over 200 morel mushrooms. Wow. Which was sweet. Bondurant? Bondurant. Yeah. yeah that's where it was. Yeah. Th- and morels, are s- Taylor got some, like a pound of morels from a coworker one day and we made them with like, sauteed them with like steaks and stuff. Yeah. They're totally. so freaking good. Yeah. And you just like put a little butter with them, mm-hmm. sauteed them with butter and it's fantastic. Yeah. They're delicious. Yes. They're yeah. wild. Yeah. Totally. This is a little bit off track, but the mushroom thing reminded me. Have you ever heard of the book called um, The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross? No. So it's um, a historian that worked on the Dead Sea Scrolls project. You know what those are? Nope. There's, <laughs> there's scrolls in the Dead Sea yeah. that we like. It's something like had stories about Jesus or we like translated a bunch of uh, languages yeah, off yeah. of them. Yeah. One of those type of things. But they, um, they had stories of Jesus and they like carbon dated the, the leather that they're written on or the animal skin they're written on to like mm-hmm. prove like, okay, Jesus was at least a real person at this time period totally. based uh, from carbon dating. Um, and so he helped like translate those from whatever old Hebrew or Aramaic or something that they're in to like, they had to go to like Latin and like then Italian and then like English. And based on those scrolls and like other research that he did, he has a theory that most of the Christian religion like started out of hallucinogenic mushrooms. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of like, gnarly. And like psychedelic experiences. Yeah. So he, like one of the main stories is that like, you know, the burning bush story. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up like Christian or yeah, anything? Yeah, yeah, totally. I grew up. I went to an all boys Catholic military school. Oh, wow. That's intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to a Catholic, uh, kindergarten through eighth grade and then Catholic college. Nice. Yeah. Um, but so the burning bush story is Moses is in the desert and this bush is on fire and then totally, yeah. God speaks to him and tells him to take the Jews out of Egypt. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. But they're saying that this bush is, uh, was a, was, was some a sort of, of like hallucinogenic. It was like mushrooms. a psychedelic yeah. bush was like a <laughs> like some sort of LSD bush that has like LSD in it and it was on fire and so he's basically just like smoking this hallucinogenic because it was on fire because it was the desert so yeah. you know it could have just been a wildfire also you know could have got crazy, struck by yeah. lightning totally and so the voice he was hearing and this goes in deeper I, audience I don't do psychedelic drugs at all um I but don't do any drugs at all. <laughs> I but um this goes farther than that, that idea of um you know that that the voice he was hearing was just part of his trip, and though so maybe there's, um, you know, people think that you know if you're hearing it a trip, it's not real. But then others would say, like a Joe Rogan type would say, like, 
that there could be like some other spirit, some other being that's actually sure. speaking to you in the trip. Yeah, and you just wouldn't be able to hear it unless you were tripping. Yeah, and yeah. so this God, God was this being was communicating to him only because he was tripping. Yeah, and that's how that story story started. And then there's like this other thing about um the origins for why we have like Christmas trees and presents under the tree. Uh-huh. There's this mushroom that would grow under evergreen trees um that was like red and white like had the same color scheme as santa yeah and um was hallucinogenic and it would only happen like after snow or rain or something like that super specific Mm -hmm. that would have happened around too they happen right after rain yeah 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 Yeah. um and so this guy was tells a story about how he thinks that's he thinks that's why we have gifts under the tree at christmas because like humans at that time would see these mushrooms as a gift under the tree from, you know, God or someone or Santa or something. Yeah. So he just made this whole book about connecting magic mushrooms to Christianity. And there's like, <laughs> there's like artwork, like old Christian so artwork. So he just made this whole case for like, yeah, yeah. Christianity is a, a result from. Yeah. And not even like a, to debunk it. He's not saying like, yeah, no, don't believe like, this because of this, these stories, but well, it's if you like, think about it. I mean, it's like, like people back in, in that time period, probably, one had no clue yeah. what they were and you know, they're hunting hunters and gatherers. So, um, yeah, they eat they some mushrooms, mushrooms and they're and like good like, for you. And then other yeah. mushrooms you hear God. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Kind of, kind of a crazy concept. Yeah. I haven't read the book that's just been like, I've read a couple of things on it, like the cliff notes and stuff, but that's on my yeah. reading list. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'll probably throw that on my reading list as well. It seems pretty interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, I was telling my mom about it and she was like, well, I don't get why would you want to read that? And I'm like, yeah, because it's just so freaking crazy that you gotta and get it, all the perspectives. You yeah. Gotta, you gotta, to get different perspectives. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. why I want to read it. Yeah. You got to listen to everything. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not like it's a fiction writer. It's not um, uh, L. Ron Hubbard writing it. It's like a guy who's a historian yeah. and like did actual real work that. Like research into the topic. Yeah. Yeah. Who is like saying like, I think this also now. That's kind of crazy. It's wild. Which if there's substantial evidence to back it up, then yeah, you never know. All right. Um, so we're at an hour now. Should we wrap this up? Do you have anything else wrap to do tonight? Uh, nothing else to do tonight, but um, yeah. Big day of uh, I got work tomorrow and then birthday's on Friday. So. Oh, man. What are you doing? Uh, big day of touring. Big day in the backcountry for my birthday. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. Where are you going to go? Um, I want to go ski the arch. The arch. Birthday. Is that up on Togarty Pass? No. So that's like three miles behind the resort. Um, wait, what do you mean by the arch? The arch. So there's like an actual, like literal arch. Okay. Um, yeah. That's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah. That you can ski through. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's a legend that says, uh, if you ski through an arch, you get an extra year, right? You get oh, a year wow. younger. So figure it's fitting on my birthday to go ski the arch. Yeah, definitely. It's just a pretty big day of touring. So will you like go up the tram and then go out? Yeah. You go up the tram and then go out and then, uh, yeah, my roommate and a few people did it yesterday. I said it was super fun. So wow, really awesome. Good. Is that a lot of like ups and downs to get out to it? Yeah, kind of. It's, uh, that's I've big. actually never been before, so I'll be going with people that have been. Yeah. Uh, that's like one of my huge staples in backcountry skiing is, I didn't say that's not the tram. Every time you go up the tram, no, before you go. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would have to go with somebody who knows. Uh, it's not just about avalanche conditions and, and your knowledge of snowpack. It's about 
knowledge of terrain as well and how to get there and how to get out safely. So yeah, um, definitely that. And I would, I would call that like disconnected from like your base, the base or whatever, where yeah, you parked. Totally. Yeah. Especially something, something, something that's something oh, disconnected yeah, like I that. Mean, you want to know how to get out for sure. Um, you know, you hear, uh, there's actually a really good podcast podcast I was listening to earlier today. Um, I cannot think of the name of it, but it's about like search and rescue in Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, it's like, Oh, sick. The, fail line or something like that i can't remember the name of uh-huh. it but uh yeah there's some there's some good ones and uh yeah you can get lost in the backcountry pretty easily in jackson so yeah definitely want to know where you're going yeah sure. definitely i used to be one of the ones that said if you don't know send it bro because <laughs> i heard i was here once and i heard someone say it and i was like oh that's funny yeah there's a i was i was teaching a kid not too long ago um and a big one now is uh at the top of the tram they'll say if you don't know then kids will say like hire tommy mo oh. <laughs> tommy mo is standing like right next to the kid oh that's funny he didn't realize it <laughs> that's awesome it's pretty funny tommy uh, mo, i've never met him but i've seen him around a bunch of times yeah yeah he's uh he was guiding that day i think yeah jacksonville mountain guide so yeah he used to have so i grew up when we come coming here as a family we had a, a spot at the teton club mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't know really why they just probably paid him to be their at their athlete but he had a locker a specific locker at the teton club sure. for a while yeah that's uh when you're a big name in Jackson, people want you around. Yeah. That's one of the super, the coolest things about Jackson. I mean, there are so many, but we have so many, um, so many mountain athletes that you're live out here. Incredible athletes. That you can just like, you know, I met like a handful of them just like being around and being in the resort and stuff. And you just go say, Hey, and not, um, not be weird about it. And they're just super nice and want to, want to meet you and stuff. Oh, totally. I mean, you, uh, I mean, it's crazy. I, um, uh, Veronica Paulson just won the Queens of Corbett's. Oh yeah. Uh, Sick. The yeah. first, the first woman, to, woman to backflip into Corbett's. Yeah. Right. No, and I, my first day skiing Togedy this season was with her. Oh shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, Does she uh, live here? Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. So she's cool. Did you go to watch that, the competition? Yeah, I was there. Um, was on another level yeah i was i was just streaming and i couldn't make it out but that did you were you at the top or the bottom i was at the bottom that's awesome yeah. can so, you still see when they're when they're going yeah, off the top yeah you can kind of see everything i mean we uh we were having a good time uh yeah. <laughs> i think i think we probably made it on a few uh few videos there yeah <laughs> just for the fun we were having but uh no it was really cool watching uh watching all those guys i mean uh crazy carl or whatever he uh he didn't obviously uh didn't stick either one of his runs mm-hmm. the way he wanted to but even just watching him attempt it was pretty rad so yeah all those th- all I, those guys just push it yeah have you have you done corpus before oh yeah multiple times yeah i didn't i didn't i did it once for the first time yeah. last last april and like i did like the screwed into the side run and i didn't like mm-hmm. jump off it but like yeah they're yeah. like double back flipping and like launching way down the landing like it is an insane if if you look at corbett's or just look it up online like in the summer it's just a cliff yeah and then it just happens that snow fills in so you can actually ride down it totally it's a it's a 30 footer i'd say 30 40 footer yeah for sure um if you go really big 50 yeah it's insane but it's wild um which i mean you have kids like i mean i'm i've met him a couple times i don't really know my buddy simon teaches him uh wyatt gentry uh mm-hmm. took smart bastard 70 feet this year and he's 13 years old oh my god yeah that video has gone viral it's insane yeah i think i, yeah, I did see that yeah 
Yeah, the just uh, the the original like saying about Corbett's was someday somebody will ski it. Yeah, just meaning like someone will go down it eventually. And now now you've got now a guy did a double backflip off of it. Yeah, no, multiple people did double backflips off of it. In yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. And women are doing single backflips, and then they're just sending it and like. Oh, totally. And that was this that saying was in like when they were building the first tram. So that was like, like the seventies, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's not right. that long ago. No, dude. And, and we're it's, be- crazy, it's crazy how the sport progresses. I mean, you gotta really stay on your toes if you want to be competitive in it. Um, yeah, sport a bunch of crazy motherfuckers <laughs> that just want to keep jumping off stuff. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, that's why you moved to Jackson, right? To jump off stuff. Yeah, jump I've, off stuff. Uh, My knees are gonna be shot after a few years here. Oh, dude, I got a, I got a concussion earlier this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like the day before. Um, I had a big string of privates rolling in, and I had a. It's the day before, and I was up in the crags, and I jumped off like a 25-footer, uh-huh. and it, yeah, I took a knee to the face. Just, oh, no. Your teeth yeah. are all still there, so that's My good. teeth are all here, yeah. I actually didn't fall either. Kind of, oh. I didn't stick it, but it definitely wasn't a four-point landing like you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, Jackson's rad. It definitely for is. Sure. I think it's a good time to end it. Um, yep. So tell the nice people um, where they can follow you on Instagram. Yeah, so you can... Uh, Follow me. I believe my Instagram handle is uh, Guthrie Ski. Guthrie Ski. If you like yeah. really badass ski content and seeing stories of seven-year-olds shredding harder than you ever will, then follow Ryan. Yeah, give me a follow. Um, it's a uh, yeah. And if yeah. you uh, come out to Jackson and want a little lesson, totally hit me up and I'll get you get you to Ryan or whatever we got to do because. If you have never been to Jackson, you want some sort of guide or or if you're not a very good skier, you want some sort of lesson to kind of bring you around and show you how to ski a real big mountain. Totally. Um, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for that. People come to Jackson and, uh, in my opinion, don't take full advantage of what they have um, accessible to them just because they don't know. Yeah, So definitely. Yeah. All right, everyone. Um, everyone thanks for listening, and let's, have a go, let's go have a great week and uh, crush it, jump off some cliffs. Do we got to do to live our live our dreams? All right, thanks. Bye.